We're going to begin the message this morning by giving you a chance to testify to your salvation. Not a spoken word, don't worry about that. But I just want you, if, if there came a time in your life, and you know it, when you realized, whoa, I'm in trouble with God. That's called conviction. I'm in trouble with God. I have rebelled against God. My, my lies, my hate, my, my, my greed, all these, these things, uh, these are not just incidental little things. They mean I am in trouble with God. But you realize that Jesus, the Son of God, fixed it. He bridged the gap. He paid for your sins. He reconciled you to God. And all you had to do was to turn from your sin, trust the Savior, bang. So you did that and you got saved. If you know that you did that, Raise your hand. Would you do that? All right. Keep your hand up. Not for my sake. I'm not looking. Hey, I I can't see you. Um, But uh, not for my sake, but for your sake. All right. We all need to to, to be aware that, hey, yeah, look at there. I'm saved. Yeah, my hand's up. I'm saved. All right. Put your hand down. Very good. (laughs) To those of you that had your hand up just now, you know who you are. I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes. The message is for you this morning. I want to ask you this question. How often do you take the time to look into your Bible and ponder the blessings that are yours right now just because you're saved? Look at uh, Ephesians 1.3 again. If you have your Bible open, you can leave it there. We're going to look at a lot of verses in Ephesians 1. But verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places as uh, in Christ. In Christ. I turned the page too quickly. In Christ. As a believer, you're the owner of some incredibly valuable possessions. And these incredibly valuable possessions God calls blessings. Blessing. Now, I'm going to use the word blessing this morning, but I, I want to first stop and give a little qualifier here because we hear the word blessing so much that it's easy for us to, to take it too lightly. Now, I love the word blessing. I think it's great. We hear people say, uh, you know, oh, you, you were such a blessing. And, uh, oh, that was such a blessing to me. That's great. I'm not, not making fun of it in the least. I believe whenever you call something good a blessing, you are giving the credit to God. And I don't think we could give too much credit to God. And so I like to say, oh, that was a blessing. That, that blessed my heart. I love using that word, and I love it when people use that word. I love, you know, you can go to certain places in the country where everybody that you interact with in any restaurant, any store, they're going to end the transaction with... Uh, God bless you, have a great day, or have a blessed day, Uh, God bless you, and that is great, and once in a while, you know, I'll try that somewhere right here at home, and uh, just just to see what kind of reaction I get, and it's great, you know, you're whatever, McDonald's, or or Dunkin' Donuts, or or Walmart, wherever, just throw out there, try it, throw it out there, Uh, hey, thank you very much, God bless you, and sometimes you'll get a yeah, whatever. And then sometimes you'll get a like, like this, this, the, the light up, like, God bless you too. You're like, like, oh, oh, we're allowed to say that, like, you know, like it's 1930 Germany or something, and we're, oh, can we say that? Can we say that? Yeah, we can say that. God bless you. I like that. That's good. But 
Be careful if you hear the word bless or blessing a lot, that it doesn't just become a, a little word. Make sure it stays a big word. Because in Ephesians 1.3, it's a huge word. Look at, there, there's, I think there's 24 words in the verse. Yes, I'm weird like that. I count the words in a verse sometimes. And I think there's 24 words in the verse. A bunch of those words are the names of God, but three times out of 24 is the word blessed. Blessed be the God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessing. That's a big word right there. Do you ever stop? Those of you that had your hand up, do you ever stop not to count your blessings, but to look at what the Bible says you have been blessed with just because you're saved? It's a long list, a lot of things. We're going to look at just a few. Now, why is it important that you do that? Well, if you will educate yourself in what your blessings are, what your spiritual blessings are, for one thing, you'll know just how much your Heavenly Father loves you. Not only that, if you'll educate yourself in what your spiritual blessings are in Christ Jesus, then when you kneel to pray, you'll be overwhelmed with God's greatness and God's goodness. You do kneel to pray, don't you? Those of you that had your hand up a little while, you do kneel to pray sometime, don't you? Well, hey, it's great that, that, that you don't just get on your knees and, okay, God, let's get to this. Lord, I pray that you would uh, help me today, and I pray that you would bless my wife and bless my kids and bless uh, the president and bless, uh, and bless and bless and work and do and this and give and, and heal and help and save and, and uh, all the big lists. Amen. I'm done. Okay, got that done. 13 minutes. All right, I prayed 13 minutes today. That's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. But I'll tell you what's even better. You go to that place and you've educated yourself on what God has blessed you with just because you're saved. Look at there, I'm saved. Yeah, just because I'm saved. And you come to this place and your heart is full of what God has blessed you with just because you're saved. And you get there and you say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the blessings that are mine today. I couldn't earn them. I didn't have to work for him. I didn't have to do anything to stay blessed with these blessings. They are from you through Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you so much that I am redeemed. 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 Now, you ponder redeemed for a little while, and you're going you're, you're gonna to be on redeemed longer than 13 minutes. You're going to just be on that word for 13 minutes or more. And you're going to be there a while. And maybe it even gets so wonderful in your place of prayer that you've got to set the alarm on your phone because you've got to be somewhere at a certain time and you don't want to keep looking at the clock. But you know if you're not careful, you're going to, be, you're going to get so carried away with God that you're going to lose track of time. Imagine that. I'm saying if you will become educated in what God's blessings are, the blessings that you have right now that you own just because you've made Jesus your Savior, you've made that choice, it'll change your time with God. You'll be overwhelmed with God's greatness and God's goodness. And let me tell you something else. If you'll educate yourself on what these blessings are that, that come with your salvation, you'll be far more likely to want to stay close to Him. 
instead of being drawn away into sin and worldliness. And when old smutty face comes call and says, hey, it's time to go do this again. You say, yeah, but I, I don't want to leave that place of being close to the God who has blessed me so richly. It'll change your life if you indulge your mind and your heart in the blessings of God. Let's look at verse 3 again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So let's take a look at just a few of the things that are yours just because you're saved. Number 1, verse 4. He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. Because you're saved. Those of you that raised your hand a minute ago. Because you're saved, you are chosen. Your salvation was not random. What's your story? Oh, I wish we had time for everybody that raised your hand a minute ago to go around and say, hey, tell us about that day. day. Tell us about the place. Tell, tell us about the time. Tell us the story. Everybody that raised a hand has a story to go with that hand, with that testimony. Let me tell you something. It was no random thing that back in the 1930s on Peaceable Hill Road in Brewster, a preacher of a young church was going door to door and he knocked on the door of a farmhouse and he spoke to my grandparents, my mother's mom and dad and led them to Christ. That was no random thing. They were chosen. It was no random thing that in Mount Carmel Baptist Church in Carmel, New York, an evangelist named Percy Crawford preached and That day, a young lady named Virginia Eastwood put her faith in Jesus Christ. That was no random thing. She was chosen. It was no random thing that in 1974, the deacon Phil Pinckney invited my father to our church, Patterson Baptist Church. Actually, he invited him to lunch on Sunday afternoon, that weasel brother, Mr. Pinckney. He said, hey, why don't you come to Perkins? That's up in Fiskill. I don't know if it's still there anymore, but it was then. Perkins up in Fiskill. Now if you go to Fiskill, you go to Cracker Barrel. But back then there was no Cracker Barrel. You go to Fiskill, you go to Perkins. Is Perkins still in Fiskill? Gone. Okay, but it was there then. Go to Perkins with us. And, uh, oh, you know what? The, the, the easiest thing to do is you just come to church and it will leave from there. And I don't know if my father got it or not, but Mr. Pinkney got it. Came to church, and, and this was of God. This was not planned. That the preacher that morning preached on the sin of drunkenness. My father was an unsaved beer drinker, alcoholic, driving a concrete truck down the road, drunk every day. Imagine that. You don't want to stay in your lane on that one. And uh, he went to church. And he resigned. He got so mad at the preacher, who was my mother's uncle. He got so mad at the preacher, he went out, resolved. I don't need what he was preaching about. I'll kick the habit on my own. And all day long, this is a different age, all day long, every job he went to, they were offering him a beer. And he said, no, I'm on the wagon. I'm on the wagon. I don't drink anymore. And they laugh at him. He went to his other job after work. And uh, his childhood friend ran the business. And he said, no, I'm on the wagon. I'm not drinking anymore. And by the end of the night, he was drinking again. And he came home. And uh, in the driveway that night, he's, he's crying. He says, call the preacher. 
And then Tuesday night, Pastor Dale Bertalovitz came to our house and led my father to Christ. That wasn't random. He was chosen. Now, what's your story? Your salvation. You raised your hand a few minutes ago. Yes, that's me. Your salvation isn't random. You were chosen. He said, we were chosen in him. Now, he said, wait, 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 wait a second, Pastor. You always say... God didn't ordain some people to go to heaven and some people to go to hell. I do say that, and he didn't. But God has something that we don't comprehend. Nobody but God comprehends. It's called foreknowledge. And the Bible says, those he did foreknow, them he did predestinate. It says in another place, predestinated according to the foreknowledge of God. Now, the truth is, None of us knows what exactly what it is he foreknew. He didn't foreknow that we were better than anybody else. But maybe he foreknew that somebody was praying for us, and then he said, okay, I can save them. Somebody's praying for them. I don't know exactly what he foreknew, but I do know the Bible says that we were chosen before the foundation of the world based on the fact that God foreknew some things. You were chosen. It wasn't random. And here's what I know. I know that everybody is invited to the cross. But I also know that everybody who comes to the cross for salvation has been chosen. So you don't have to sit there and wonder, go, I wonder if I'm chosen or not. Have you come to the cross for salvation? Yes, you're chosen. I can't figure that out. Neither can I. I know the Bible says many are called, few are chosen. And the rest we're going to have to learn from God when we get there. So here's a blessing. You're saved. You've been chosen. You've been chosen by God. Another blessing. Verse 4. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Here's the blessing. God is working to make you perfect. Your life is, not only is your salvation not random, your life is not random. What's going on in my life? I'll tell you exactly. Did you raise your hand? Yes, I'm saved. Okay. Then I'll tell you exactly what's going on in your life. God is working on you to make you perfect. Are you going to be perfect in this lifetime? Not sinlessly perfect. No, but you're going to be ready at some point. If you let him work, you're going to be ready to see God. Another blessing. Verse 5 having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Blessing number three, God has made you his child, his son, his daughter. You hear people say, well, we're all God's children. I got bad news for you. No, we're not all God's children. But everybody who put their faith in Jesus Christ, you are God's child. You are his daughter. You are his son. Hey, doesn't matter what your family history is. It's so sad you talk to some folks who say, hey, where, where do you come from? Well, I got to tell you. You know, I never met my dad. I haven't seen my mom in years. Some of you have stories like that. It's a heartbreak. Can I tell you what? When it comes to being God's child, all of that is erased. The book of Psalms, David said he takes the solitary and puts them in families. 
You are in the family of God. God is your father. You are his child. You are a child of God. You are a son of God. Now, not on the par with Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of God, but, on, but in a way that God created just for us. We are his children. You are his son. You are his daughter. What a blessing. Look at the next verse. Verse 6, he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Do you know what beloved means? It means favorite. Next blessing, you are God's favorite. There is nobody more special to God than you are. Do you grasp that? There is nobody more special to God than you are. You say, well, that's impossible, Pastor. How can we all be God's favorite? Well, I have three kids. They are all my favorite. How's that work? I can look all three of them in the eye and say with all honesty and truthfulness, you're my favorite. You mean you like me better than my sister? You like no, that's not what I said. You're my favorite. I have three favorites. If I, a human father, can have three absolute favorites... God can have a billion or two billion or three billion favorites. You are accepted in the beloved. You are God's favorite. When God used the apostle John to write the gospel of John, I think he didn't want to confuse the readers. And of course, it's all on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but God used people with human brains and, and they had thought processes. And I think that John's thought process was, see, John had been a follower of John the Baptist. And John begins his book by introducing John the Baptist. And I think John, the inspired writer of the Gospel of John, didn't want to confuse the reader between himself and John the Baptist. So in, that's my guess. But in all of the Gospel of John, he never calls himself by his name. So he's, again, human side. This is every word comes from God, but human side of the writing of the Bible by the way, did you know Jesus was 100% God and 100% man? So there's 100% deity and 100% humanity. Okay, so the writing of the Bible, Jesus is the living word, the Bible is the written word. The Bible has a 100% the word of God and also the work of man. So just like you can't understand 100% God, 100% man and Jesus Christ, try to comprehend that this book comes every word from God and yet there is that human element of the writers also. So John's thinking, I got to come up with a name. I got to come up with a name for myself that I don't name myself so people don't get confused with John the Baptist. That's just my guess, but I think that's what happened. What can I call myself? John, no, let me call myself the handsome disciple. No, I don't. Let me call myself the really smart disciple. No, you know what I'll call myself? The disciple that Jesus loved. Sometimes people read that, and it's a number of times in the Gospel of John. Sometimes people read that and they go, oh, see, uh, God said that John was Jesus' favorite. No, God didn't say that. John said that. John decided, I'm Jesus' favorite. That wouldn't be a bad thing for you to decide for yourself. I'm the Christian that Jesus loves. That's one of the blessings God gave to you. If you have the faith to embrace it, you have been accepted in the beloved. Christian, 
You're God's favorite. It's not about comparison. It's not about, does, does God like me more than he likes him? No. Get your brain out of that, out of that place. You're his favorite. You are precious to him. There's nobody. There, you have a place in God's heart that nobody else can occupy. You are accepted in the beloved. Look at the next one, verse 7. And there's no way I'm going to get through all these. So I'll stop when, when I get hungry, okay? We're done. Let's pray. Uh, no. Verse 7. We have redemption through his blood. Oh, what a blessing. That means that God bought you back from your wicked, rebellious condition. We rebelled. We revolted. Hey, you revolted against God. You think of the, of the greatest rebellion, hateful revolt that you've ever seen. And what you did to God and what I did to God is worse than that. And God, number one, wanted us back. He wanted us back. He paid the price to bring us back. And then he went through all the work to bring us back. You raised your hand a while ago and said, yeah, that's me. I'm saved. Do you understand what a blessing you've been given? You are redeemed. You are redeemed. God said, oh, he turned his back on me. Pardon me, but, but, and it's worse than this. He gave me the finger. He told me, go to hell. God, get out of my sight. He said, oh, that's horrible. Oh, we did a lot worse than that. I'm just trying to say it in terms of you can begin to realize just how bad we revolted against God. We did all of that and worse. And God said, I want him back. What? Imagine the rest of creation go, What? You know, the birds and the giraffes and the, even the donkeys saying, what? You want him back? I want him back. And the old accuser, I'm sure, said, that's going to cost you, God. <laughs> you can't just bring him back. He revo- Hey, I revolted. You can't just bring him back. I can. If that revolt and that rebellion is paid for. The only way to pay for it was for God himself to pay for it. And Jesus died to pay for our revolt, for our rebellion, so that we could come back. Brother Corky, would you turn those fans on, please? I'm getting hot up here. There we go. That's a blessing right there. That's a blessing. We got fans. Amen. Is that one busted? Oh, man. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Uh, <laughs> You're redeemed. Let's, let's look at the next one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind it up. I got 15. You want me to do all 15? No, you don't. Uh, you're hungrier than that. Let's, let's just look at a few. Let's fly through the rest so you can hear them all. We have forgiveness of sins, verse 6. We have the riches of his grace, verse... I'm sorry, that was verse 7. We have the riches of his grace, verse 7. He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, verse 8. Having made us known unto, made known unto us the mystery of his will. Verse 9, God shows us his will. Verse 10, you're involved in God's big plan for the universe. Oh, man, I wish I could preach for, for 10 minutes at least on every one of these things. Verse 11, God has an eternal inheritance reserved and prepared just for you. Verse 12, blessing number 12. 
God is building you to give glory to Jesus. And I already preached this one while we were singing in the opening. But do you understand, with that intro that we had in church this morning, that that day is coming when you are going to stand there and all of our eyes are going to be completely open and we're going to realize, nothing else matters but him. And yes, the tragedy is, that there will be billions of people who for the first time realize who Jesus is and immediately the thing they're going to hear is, you have to go. Depart from it. Well, I, I mean, I just can't. Greatest tragedy in the history of humanity. Now that you know who I am, you have to leave. And they did it to themselves. But the good side of that is, you that raised your hand, He's working to make you ready for that moment. And that may mean nothing to you now, but it will that day. You are ready. You are in position. You are prepared. You are equipped to give glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's working on you right now to do that. Verse 13. In whom also after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You have the Holy Spirit as God's seal upon you. Oh, I wish I had an hour for this one. I opened the mailbox after we got back from Washington a couple weeks ago. And I pulled it out. And the return address, U.S. House of Representatives. Cool. Had my name on it. Do you know what? There's no postage stamp on it. You know what the postage stamp, this is the truth. You know what the postage stamp was? Elizabeth Esty, her signature. Which means one of two things. Either a congressman doesn't need a postage stamp, or she drove it up here and stuck it in the box. I think it's probably the first one. I opened it up. It was a thank you note for our visit. Very, very kind, personal. It was great. But on the top, the seal of Congress. This says that we have the seal of God upon us. You know what the seal of God is? The Holy Spirit. Are you the only Christian? You know, we, we say this. We've all, I've said this at some points in my life. I'm the only Christian where I work. Maybe so, but you know what? That means you have something that nobody else on the job has. You have the seal of God, the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That means you've got the fruit of the Spirit flowing through. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Love, I, I, I stop at the first three uh, just, just when, when it comes to celebrating that. The, all, all nine of those are important, but, man, the first three makes me different from everybody else and every, every unsaved person. Love, joy, peace. I have a fountain of love, joy, peace. A fountain of love, joy, peace. And so do you. And that's the seal of God. That's God's seal. That's better than the seal of Congress. That's better than the seal of the president. You've got the seal of God. I could do that better. There you go. The seal of God. His Holy Spirit. This person, you that raised your hand. This person, my child. Every time you're encouraged by the Spirit. And when you come in here and your spirit identifies with the spirit of other believers and you go, yes, this is where I fit in. This is where I belong. This is where the believers are and I'm a believer. That's the Holy Spirit. 
witnessing to you. And that's the seal of God upon you. When you're convicted of your sin, and it hurts, and you go, oh, man, i got to fix that. I'm reading my Bible, and it's telling, oh, i got to fix that. That's the seal of God upon you. God says, that's my child. You're saved. you got the seal of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. You know what I would urge you to do? We're going to close it up. I would urge you to take a highlighter pen, go through your Bible, and one phrase at a time, highlight the things that are the blessings that come with your salvation. Now, wait. There are a lot of blessings that come with obedience, and those are good and wonderful, and, and we'll talk about those. We do talk about those all the time. But today, we're just talking about the ones that come with salvation. You don't do anything to keep them. You can't lose them. They are yours. And you go through your Bible and you highlight these things. And it will encourage you to help you in those ways that we talked about early on. Let's end by looking at verse 3 again. I said that the word bless is in here three times. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Isn't it interesting that it begins, it ends by saying God has blessed us. But it begins by saying, blessed be God. So we've been talking for about 30 minutes about how God has blessed us. Let's end the message by blessing him. This is a little song that we've sung. My wife recorded it, Bless the Lord, O My Soul. Very simple song. It's based on a verse from the book of Psalms. Let's sing that to the Lord. Can we do that? Ready? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let all that is within me bless his holy. One more time. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let all that is within me bless his holy. Oh, sing it again. That's good. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O Sing that again. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let all that is within me bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O Bless the Lord, O 
Would you please?